Oh, hello there. Last time, if you remember, we spent some time in Otari gathering some information on Belcora. It was after that we went to see Rin where I got to meet her for the first time, and she gave us a reading, a vision of a hidden pathway. With that new information in hand, we went back to the Fogfen where Tulok and Physic went down to the workshop in order to release Borobo's soul. I stayed up on the first level and did a little investigating for myself. When they were down there, Tulok and Physic found a secret passage, which was the one Rin had shown us the vision of. They brought me down and we went through the passage to discover a well-hidden secret room, which we decided to make our new sanctuary. It was after that we started exploring the gauntlet a little more, and we found what was once a kitchen. It now had a statue of bones, a painting on the wall made with blood, and the corpse of Bad Bad Leroy Brown. After investigating the painting, I found a secret door behind it, when a shadowy figure appeared, poised to defend its position. It's no mystery that I love beer. I love it. I love it. I love it a lot. And it's not just my barely latent alcoholism talking. I love beer. Beer is like a hobby for me. I really, really love it. I know Scott's sitting there going, mm, every time I say I love beer, you know, or beer's a hobby, he's going, oh, he's actually just a snob. Uh, but no, I love, I love beer. Snob. <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> My love for beer started back home um, in a place that I worked with, Duncan, uh, known as Lemongrass. And there's an app that uh, some listeners and, and people here might be aware of called Untapped that released um, in like 2013, 2014. Yeah. And, uh, and I got onto it because our, Duncan and I's old boss, uh, Phil, kind of got some of us into it. And I've been in a loose competition with Phil ever since. And he's always been ahead. He was almost always ahead of me by, by a couple hundred beers of unique check-ins of beers on this app. And, uh, and when I went to Australia, I was catching up quick. I was trying all kinds of shit as much as I could. And I got ahead of him and I've been ahead of him for a while. And he just retied me the other night. And as of this moment, I am drinking my 3,000th unique beer, according to the app. Snob! I feel like you were expecting more of an applause <laughs> yeah. for that or something. Some fanfare. <laughs> I'm so stoked. Yeah, <laughs> you're less you likely think. to get an applause than an intervention here. Yeah. <laughs> for the listeners, you should see the absolute shit-eating grin on his face right now. 
This is the most public cry for help I've ever seen. Well, he's drinking a beer that looks like the worst piss you can take in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I've, I've, I've uh, specifically was like, I, I need to make sure it's a good, like, solid beer for 3,000. Arbitrary milestone, I get it. But uh, but it was, there was something special about it, and uh, especially since I was like really trying to keep in line with Phil, um, and I'm I'm drinking a, a locally made Belgian style beer from Degarad. Um, it's called Burb Torpen. Um, <laughs> it's part of their Entropy series, uh, and it is an Abbey style triple, aged in bourbon barrels at a whopping ten point four percent, and it's delicious. It's like caramel and butter and fizz <laughs> and alcohol and it's so lovely oh and nice and when he says he's drinking listeners i'd like to remind <laughs> you all that we're recording separately and he himself is drinking this 10.4 percent yes. so if this <laughs> edit or if this, this episode gets a little messy you know it's dagger out's fault <laughs> if i if i forget how anything works it's because you made boobs. it buddy we're awful proud <laughs> of you but it's beautiful it is yeah, it is awfully. That's it not is, situational. <laughs> that's just a T-shirt that he has. That's a caveat for his life. If he forgets anything, it's booze. It's booze. <laughs> oh my god, there's some there's some merch right there for the podcast. <laughs> I think that's just the chest tattoo. <laughs> yeah, if you could remember to make that T-shirt, go ahead. Uh, but I'm not going to bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a note of it when we do the review of the edit. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, he's going to have a post-it note that just says beer is good at the end of all of this. No, 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 no. Beer am good. I are baboon. <laughs> I am weasel. <laughs> oh, that's a good cut. I love that. That is a that is a real deep cut. Do you guys want to so explain deep. that yeah. for our listeners? <laughs> Anybody who's younger than 30? Well, there was a show called Cow and Chicken. It was called Cow and Chicken, right? It was a cartoon. Yeah. Wasn't that a spinoff of Ren and Stimpy? No, uh, but it was by, it wasn't by the same creator, but it was that kind of like early cartoon network, like early 90s fever dream fucking cartoons that like, we all grew up on. Like certainly inspired by, it was like right in the same wheelhouse as Rocco's Modern Life. Love that show. Rocco's Modern Life, yeah. Eat the it, Cat. Um, yeah. Yes, Eat the Cat, oh my God. Yeah. The Wacky World of Tex Avery. Uh, all these right. really just yeah. fucked up. How did how, like we should not have been watching these growing up? But oh, they, uh, not at all. Late night Teletoon and and whatever. Yeah. Oh, so good. And Cow and Chicken was so absurd. And 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 uh, uh, was it uh, Weasel and Baboon were like uh, a show within a show or like a, a sub show in the Cow and Chicken show? Yeah, kind of like how yeah. Animaniacs had all their little uh, different right. spin offs, yeah. like Pinky and the Brain and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just, yeah, absurdity, uh, surrealism, just like ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And the moral of the story being Freeman is an alcoholic. <laughs> also, for the record, um, Weasel was voiced by Michael Dorn and Baboon was voiced by Charlie Adler. So like oh, there's man. some really there's some shit there. Yeah, I know. I know Michael Dorn as War from TNG. Uh, yeah. Who's Michael Adler? Uh, Charlie Adler. He's a very famous voice actor who took over for a lot of Chris Lattice stuff after he died. Chris Lattice was the original voice of Cobra Commander Starscream. He had that very um, oh. very high-pitched, hissy, intense voice. So Charlie Adler did a lot of his stuff after he passed, um, specifically Starscream in the newer Transformers movie when you hear him talk at the end of the very first one. 
Uh, he also did a little bit of the stuff in the cartoon. Um, and he did do, I believe, I'm prepared to be corrected on this, I, did, I do think he voiced Cobra Commander in the uh, G.I. Joe Resolute series. He also voiced in the animated series of Earthworm Jim. Ooh, groovy. Yeah, Jim, right? Yeah, he did Earthworm Jim, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, amazing. Nothing, nothing quite like cartoons and alcohol. <laughs> We're all adult human beings here. <laughs> I probably should be drinking that alcohol right now. You're hungover. You literally need alcohol to recover. That's hair of the dog, boy. What's what's wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, best way to get over a hangover is just to get drunk again. I've got a personal theory that hair of the dog is a reference to like witchcraft and like eye of newt and this and that, whatever, and like and the cure, the curative uh, potion or elixir of what ails you needs to come from uh, the source in which you got your ailment. Uh, I have no idea if that's true. Well. Actually, the origin is that it comes from an old belief that someone bitten by a rabid dog could be cured of rabies by taking a potion containing some of the dog's hair. Ah, nice. So I was mostly right <laughs> by, by just guessing. Oh, that's so good. I love it. Uh, I love that. I think that's so fun. <laughs> so God, I'm an alcoholic. Enjoy the rabies <laughs> and the alcoholism. <laughs> Uh, there are a lot it. of phrases like that where the whole phrase doesn't get said nearly often enough. Yeah. Mm. Into the frying pan. Uh, uh, top of the morning to you. Out of the frying pan. Top, yep. Oh, out of the frying pan. Sorry. Fuck. I've been drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if any listeners are drinking right now, take a sip or pour a sip out for our boy Freeman on the way to recovery. <laughs> you're gonna need to recover in a moment here we go when this ridiculous creature you've just uncovered kicks your ass sage two lock and you will be a shadow of your former self when you oh, come out of recovery hey. <laughs> like, that's like a oh man how, how do you even describe that reference that segue because you've you've metagamed your way into the segue of what we all essentially know and understand but your characters don't is you're, you're about to fight a shadow <laughs> i can think of two words that would be the appropriate response which are fuck you burn uh hero point <laughs> yeah level up <laughs> oh my god i don't know which comment made me laugh harder uh <laughs> level up was real good Fuck no! I was I was more 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 worried about how fuck you burn wasn't two words. Yeah, uh, I uh, <laughs> didn't want to mention it, but <laughs> maybe in the East Coast that's two uh, words. It's a Y apostrophe barn. I think is how yeah, it's spelled. <laughs> we slur at the fuck best of times in the Maritimes. <laughs> Damn ye, barn! Damn you and slow. <laughs> Hark! Oh shit. Uh, well, let's just dive into it, shall we? We're going to roll for initiative. <laughs> you are fighting... Fuck you, Bran. You are fighting <laughs> something. <laughs> and I'm going to play something. <laughs> oh my god, I love fiber. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, we got him. Oh, god. Oh, even the worst part that? is we can't keep it in because there's no context to it at all. <laughs> None. It's gotta That's go. Okay. I'm editing uh, it. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
Good luck. Uh, there will be a uh, a non sequitur of just fuck your brand. <laughs> uh, this is Duncan from the future here punching in. I just wanted to let you guys know that James typed this into the chat, and that's what inspired what's about to happen next. Let's watch, shall we? I mean, Brought I'm not to opposed to it <laughs> This is explicitly not a paid ad. Brought to you by Fruit Loops. Fuck your brand. <laughs> More like fuck you, Kellogg's. <laughs> Heard that though, like for real though. Oh yeah, like, like for real. <laughs> All right, initiative. Give it to me. Physic. How's a nineteen? All right, Lady Gilda. Seven. Wah, wah, wah. Seven. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Tulak. I have been avoiding notice throughout most of this, but I did not specifically say it again after we finished looting that altar. What? Say ye. <laughs> Perceptioni, please. <laughs> you got it, you son of a bitch. Eleven. <laughs> All right. Combat starts beginning top of round one. Physic. What do you got? So the door in front of Lady Gilda is open, and I have clear line of sight on this shadow cutting a feminine figure in a pretty nice pantsuit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Seriously. It looks like a shadow yeah. of Hillary Clinton, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, really. It looks like she's only wearing the jacket, and the pants are just gently implied, because they clearly turn into her ankles. It's a suit jacket and some Spanx. We're all agreed on that. Right. <laughs> uh, could I recall knowledge on this shadowy dame? Here. You may, and for you, I will roll a. Um, I mean, from your positioning, you don't even have line of sight, do you? Or you do a little bit. I thought I did. I can yeah, see. Yeah, you, you do. I will roll for you a religion check. Uh, you have no idea. Okay. Uh, in that case, shit. Uh, like, it hasn't really made any menacing moves towards us, has it? All it's done so. is, is pop out of one of the alcoves of the sarcophagi in this, in this narrow hallway. It's like floating above the ground just barely and right coming towards you towards the you as a group am i able to sense motive uh sure that's gonna be an, a second action though just so you know uh yeah i yep. well i don't want to just start blasting sure like yeah as far as you know it's coming to kill you okay i'm gonna start blasting then i had already armed my fancy new crossbow with an alchemist fire mm-hmm. oh did you Yes, I did. Love if it. you remember uh, way back I, in the last episode. I don't listeners. remember. I remember. Yeah, well, Cheaters. A lot of them. Remember the Titans. <laughs> remember the Titans. <laughs> Strong uh, right, side. So you, you, you have an awkward line of sight here, although you do see it, um, but it's at least going to get lesser cover from, from where Gilda's standing in the doorway. Oh, yeah. She's colossal. Uh, that was a 16 to hit. No bueno. Dinger. That's three actions. That's my turn. Okay. That brings us to this creature, this shadowy creature, who will float forward and straight up to Lady Gilda and with a hand strike out for a 19 to hit. No, sir. You were defending, weren't you? I certainly was. You don't even need it, though. You're, you're AC 20 now, aren't My you? My AC is 20 now. Oh, yep. oh, you're a beast. Okay. And we'll strike a second time for 25 Oof. That is a hit. Okay. And you take 11 negative damage. 
I'm going to use uh, my shield block there to reduce that to three. Does shield block only apply to physical strikes? Uh, yes, it does. Uh, physical attack is how it's specified. Okay. Oh my god, I actually don't know if this where the line on this is. Uh, according to archives of Nethys, it says when you would take damage from a physical attack. So I don't know how you want to rule that. Physical damage includes bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing, which you'd, you would uh, guess. And this is an energy attack, so you cannot shield block it. Okay. Uh, it may do energy damage, but it might still be a physical attack. But yes, I will respect. So your... its ability is called. It's not a. It's not a punch. It's not. A, it's not a. Uh, it's a called shadow hand. It is magical and it does negative damage. It is an energy attack, despite okay. it being like an extension of its body. Yeah, it's not. Shield block won't won't work here. Okay. Uh, just so I've got the rule straight for later. Like, if somebody magic missiled me, would I be able to shield block that? I don't think so. I think. There are feats that allow you to do it, but okay. standardly, no. I hate that, and I will look into it. <laughs> this this I'm less likely to make a fuss about because I'm pretty sure this is an ethereal creature, and I, I'm fine with that. Right. Uh, but like a, that, like magic missile, fireball, those are still physical attacks to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, 11 damage. All right, and that brings us to Tulak. All right, Tulak will step diagonally to the southeast to be behind Lady Gilda. Because Tulak just moved next to me, I'm going to goblin scuttle uh, nice. five feet hey, Nice. Okay. Your reaction, go. Yep. And then from there, Tulak would like to make a recall knowledge on this thing using okay. potentially if you'll allow it, spirit lore. Oh, I'll allow it. All right. Nice. What's your, what's your bonus for spirit lore? Six. Okay. Uh, you also have no idea. All right. Perfect. Great. Love that. And then seeing it back there, not knowing what it is at all, he casts tentacular limbs and his arms reach out in this black <laughs> smokiness. Kind of like what she looks like, I suppose. Dark black smoke. Okay. <laughs> It's tentacular, by the way. Ten, um. <laughs> tentacular. Okay, so his arms reach out in dark black smoke of... Te- Wait, did I say? Tentacular. Oh, God. <laughs> Tentacle, tentacular. Okay. <laughs> Just confused all the time. <laughs> all right, so you, you move, you recall knowledge, and you cast tentacular limbs. That's it? Fair play, that's it. Okay, Lady Gilda. Uh, first action, I would like to also recall knowledge about this creature. We haven't learned anything yet, so even though it's going to stack, it feels like a good use of a first action to uh, to attempt it. Religion check incoming. Uh, still no clue. Could I use my hero point to re-roll it? You may. Okay. Not a clue. The identity of this ghost is as smoky and mysterious as the visage it presents. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second action... I think I want to attempt a diplomacy check to try and get ourselves out of this combat if we can. Uh, I guess make an impression. 
the okay. what was the action that I want to take? Yeah. What do you say, and how do you roll? Uh, I'd like to roll first, and then role play what I roll, if that's okay by you. But this might by also be a, a close check. All means. I did not okay. did not mean that in in the order I said it. Okay, I just wanted to double check. I mm-hmm. I can never tell. These ones are kind of on the line for me, whether or not they'd be a private check. So yeah, I think this this one's pretty pretty open. Okay, why not? Uh, so this thing just like reaches through her shield. And touches her, and and you know she feels that negative energy course through her. She just snaps back. Why would you do that? We've done you no harm so far. We're just moving through these hallways here, and we were hoping maybe we could either help you out or you could give us some directions by helping us out. I don't understand why your first reaction would be hostility. Now, if you'd please just stand down for a second, and perhaps we can have a real and right proper conversation about what you need and about what we need and see how we can help each other. That was a 17 on the die. So a little confused, but mostly coherent. Physics going to elbow too lock and go like, oh, she's good. (laughs) 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 Only two lock understands the speech of Necril. Yeah. That says, I serve the lady and you are not welcome here. Death be upon you. And Tulak just says to his companions, she will not stand down. She will fight to the death. Attack now. All right. She's going to try and punch that Miranda Hobbs haircut off her head then. <laughs> Karen looking motherfucker. <laughs> that is a very bad roll with a 12 to hit. Not going to hit. Alright, that's all three actions for Gilda. Not a great first round, guys. Physic, what do you got? Uh, well, I got two shots left uh, with the one bomb I had already loaded into that crossbow because I get three shots per bomb with this fuck-off crossbow. <laughs> so? So good. Take, take two quick pot shots at the old lady in gray over there. How's a 19 to hit? Not gonna do it. Fuck you, Baron. Uh, okay, so I got one more at a map minus five. Not one. Ooh, uh, not going do it. And as a last action, I will attempt one more recall knowledge on this spectral Karen. Uh, is there a reload on your crossbow? Alchemical crossbow has the reload property of one. Reload property of one. Okay, so you fired... Uh, originally, and then had to reload for your first action for the second round, fire, and then now you can reload again. So that nat one's basically not going to count. Uh, but you have that third action to reload again if you want. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so you, you've spent two of the bomb. Makes In, sense? I'm basically infusing bolts with alchemical yeah. reagents right, right now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, so it still operates the same as a, as a, a normal cross. So yeah. equally ineffective. Great. Um, I guess that's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> but when it hits, holy shit. Um, okay, that's you. <sighs> Barely. And, I mean, it's going to strike out again at Lady Gilda. Okay. 31 to hit. Yeesh. Holy fuck. Yeah. Not a crit, though, eh? Uh, it is a crit because my AC is 20, but I'm going to use my reactive shield. Uh, feet to, as a reaction, snap my shield into place to gain my shield's uh, bonus to my AC, which would nice. make it 22. 
to negate that crit. Oh, that's going to be clutch. Um, 14. Still might kill me. Negative energy. Yeah. And it uses his next action to steal your shadow. Jesus which Christ. Which will give you the enfeebled one condition. Cool. Reducing your strength based uh, whatnot. Yep. And will then strike a second time for a 13 to hit and miss. Tulak. All right. Tulak will, with his tentacular limbs, reach over the shoulder of Lady Gilda and attempt to chill touch. Uh, okay. Cool. This is a fortitude save for me? Yes, sir. 25. Oof. All right. That makes it. Anything happen? Um, yes. So, oh, no, it does not. Okay. So, unaffected, unfortunately. And then I guess he's just going to try another recall knowledge. No. Yes. Recall knowledge. Here we go. Okay. Natural 20. Hey. You sneaky little calamari I like boy. it like that. <laughs> like oh, it finally. Like <laughs> um, this is a shadow. We've established that metagaming-wise. Yep. Now you know in-game 100%. You know that those who attempt to parlay with shadows uh, might, might typically keep them at bay with a glowing weapon or some such. But um, in this case, it's not working. I'm going to give you... Uh, three things and I'm just going to go ahead and give you the three most important things it has resistance to everything five except force ghost touch and positive and it has double resistance versus non-magical attacks and that includes alchemical attacks oh fuck you it is immune to death effects, disease, paralyzed, poison, precision, and unconscious. And it does have light vulnerability, but it has to be magical light. And an attack with something that has magical light will bypass these resistances, or count as not magical uh, more accurately. It will still have resistance five. So, metagaming-wise, the fact that it's on Lady Gilda's shield is at her disadvantage right now. Yeah. Not her hand wraps. But it is undead and incorporeal. A lot of those resistances are coming from its incorporeal nature and immunities. Um, but Lady Gilda does still have the advantage of, of her, her current status of... Uh, was it, is it uh, disrupting for undead? Disrupting, yeah, for yeah. undead. Uh, she still has that. Um, but the light under shield is not offering an advantage, sadly, based on the sets. And I, I'll throw in another one in here. Uh, that steel shadow is if it keeps stacking, it is a cumulative thing for enfeebled. And it, once it hits a certain point, things will go south fast. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for me. You can't dispel and recast light on my hand wraps? I would love to, but I'm out of actions. Okay. Lady Gilda, you're up. <laughs> this is a proper hard fight. I'm, I'm, yeah. th I'm throwing that out there now. Uh, first action, she'll strike out with the hand wraps. Okay. Enfeebled one, so that's only a plus eight to hit. 
That is a 20 to hit. Meat to beat. Hey. Nice. Oh, thank Fuck Christ. Yeah. That'll be nine points of bludgeoning damage from the um, plus one hand wraps of mighty blows and okay. six points of uh, positive for the disruptor. Fuck yeah. Okay. So uh, that's a total of 15 with a minus five from resistances. So 10 damage. Uh, yes. Uh, well, let me just look into that. I, well, I guess it's probably not uh, positive damage. Oh, sorry. It's even less. I'm sorry. It's even less than that. It's five damage. Are the hand wraps magical? Yeah, they are. They're a plus one with the the. Oh, rune they're magical on them. themselves. Okay, never mind. Plus then, one in the rune striking. Is 10 damage. So yeah. I think they count as magical. They do. Yeah, they do. You're yeah. correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. I just so regardless of the light on the so the light would have provided an advantage if the hand wraps weren't already magical. That's yeah. That's, that, I wasn't that's, too yeah. worried about that. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so it'll be yeah. And does she take the full six from the? From the disrupting? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm going with yes. <laughs> well, it's all positive, right? Right. Um, uh, yeah, I, there's... Which, uh, oh, which the, does the bypass yeah, your the DR. positive does bypass. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, that's why I was checking, yeah. I was going my gut, and it was right. Okay. I love that. <laughs> she will strike out a second time with the hand wraps. The map minus four. Come on, baby. That is a six to hit. Ah. Nope. Oof. <laughs> Uh, and with her last action, I want to attack her, but I just, I don't think I can. Uh, I will lay on hands myself and give myself, uh, six HP back. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm hurting already, cool. so. Uh, just a quick, it's not going to apply here, but, a, uh, a quick point of order, just out of curiosity, uh, does that have the manipulate trait at all? Laying on hands? No. Okay. Because of like the sort of thing that might it might like incur a reactions possibly. Uh, I put it in the chat. It just has the divine healing necromancy and positive traits. Okay, cool. That's actually pretty cool. It's it's not a spell cast. It's like it's probably a, a, a really good under the radar loophole kind of uh, thing to use regularly. Yeah, and it only gives me six HP back. So like yeah. it's it's not, not, not huge, beached. but it's yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. it's enough to negate some of what she hit me for. Totally. All right, round three, physic. Yay! Top of the order. What do you get? How's how's Lady Gilda looking? Uh, you got hit pretty hard there. Uh, she's just over half health. Okay. Um, those were two beast hits. Physic's gonna drop the alchemical crossbow, uh, draw his uh, healer's tools from his bandolier, and perform a battle medicine on Lady Gilda, and okay. probably uh, just just so you know that only takes the one action if they're in your if you're yeah if they're in your bandolier you don't have to draw them. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, but but anyways, I'll have the I'll have the alchemical crossbow on the ground. Uh, so no, okay. Uh, another thing too. Um, it takes one hand only to use tools that you have ready to go in your bandolier, and you can free action hold your crossbow in one hand. You don't have to drop it. Take one hand off and apply your battle medicine. Oh, that's awesome! It's it's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. like There's it's a huge value to having the healer's tools in the bandolier. Like massive value. Yeah. yeah. And the really good news is I just rolled a 12 on a crafting check for medicine. <laughs> oh my god, you just upgraded it too? 12 <laughs> total or 12 on the die? Uh, it was a 2 on the die for a 12. Jeez. <laughs> that a critical just fail? A fail. Yeah. Dude, I, th- okay. I think I just got a lot of stuff to think about right now because <laughs> that sucks. The upside is that you're it's literally impossible for you to crit fail. Unless you roll in that one at this point. So you have like a, a 5% chance at best to like damage somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's going to beat the odds on this kind of shit right now. It's 
<laughs> There's a disproportionate amount of crits against my character. It's either crazy. In either direction. <laughs> Except for that one episode. That There was, well, there was one episode so yep. far. Well, and maybe this one, too. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. You already crit me. I just negated it. Did I? Yeah. yeah. You rolled Shit. a 31, <laughs> and I negated it with my reaction. Oh, man. Yeah. Huh. Okay. All right. Well, single action... Didn't didn't quite get it. No. Nope. What else you got? Uh, action the second. I am going to uh, apply a ghost charge bomb to my alchemical crossbow. Uh. Ooh. And fire it at the shady lady. Okay. What's what's ghost charge do? Ghost charge. Uh, because you so charitably told us that this obvious ghost was undead. A ghost charge deals 1d8 positive damage and 1 positive splash damage, uh, and it only harms undead. Okay, cool. Fire it off. You can't tell me what to do, but just because I want to. <laughs> 16 to hit. Miss. Bunk. Yeah, tough, tough situation. Yeah, so that's one action uh, to attempt to heal, one action to infuse my crossbow, and one action to fire. Okay. Uh, and the rest of the turn will be spent in... Deep, deep shame. <laughs> As per <laughs> usual. <laughs> the shadow will then have its turn. And its only goal is to kill. 21 to hit. 21 is a hit, but I'm going to use my reactive shield to negate that yeah. hit. Oh, again. Again. Wait, you cannot. Why not? You only regain your reaction at the start of your next turn. Oh, wait. Never mind. I'm an idiot. I'm going to raise run- my shield. And I'm running <laughs> this game. <laughs> He's drunk. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, as soon as as soon as I pulled the the uh, the, the, the creature stab like away and then, like looked at the the initiative order, the I was like, order? "Oh, I'm yeah. a dumb. I'm a dummy." <laughs> the listeners, yeah. lunatics are running the asylum right now. Um, okay, uh, negated. Nice. Second attack. Twenty-eight. Yeah, that's a son hit. of a bitch. Eight negative damage, and it steals at your shadow again, making you enfeebled too. I'm gonna want that compass when we're done here. Uh, physically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot I had that. I didn't, but uh, Tulak, <laughs> you're the only what one who knows got? what it is. <laughs> All right, Tulak, with his arms wreathed in black smoke, raises them into the air and fires three rounds worth of magic missiles. Right oh. in this fucking face. So, wait a second. Did you realize that force damage is an exception? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Hell yeah. Are you using the wand or are you just going with the. Uh, I don't have the wand. I, spell level. Yeah, I never specifically drew the wand, so I'm just going regular. So I got a five right. on the first one, a four on the second, and another five for a total of 14 oh. force damaggio. Oh. Nice. Too luck, oh natural. That's, that's some big hit. Put that in your pipe and some big smoke hits. it. That's two threes and a two. Oh man. Okay. Bam, bam, bam. Lady Yoda. Thank you, ma'am. You're feeling a bit weak. Yeah, she's not feeling great. Um, she is going to attempt to hit. She's gonna punch. That is a 19 to hit. Miss. Ah, uh, come on, man. I want to use my last hero point to reroll that. 
Fuck yeah. Oh. Punch his face off its oh, face. Oh, you just see James' face right now. He looks so cheeky. <laughs> he knows I'm the terrified. Risk. I'm terrified. But oh, I'm going to do it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, go for it. That is a natural 20 for a 27. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Suck it, bar. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. okay Hell, okay, yeah. Okay, so uh, still... Jesus. Okay, still still resistance five. Yeah, so uh, still six points of bludgeoning damage, so one point that goes one, through okay. for the for the punch. And then another six on the D6, so twelve points of positive energy go through. Holy shit. The chickens okay. have come home to roost burn. You <laughs> have just laid I mean that was a, that was not great for your initial attack, but that that twelve oh that twelve is huge! Okay. Oh. Uh <laughs> Oh my god, Foundry's in your favor all of a sudden. But they don't... Um, it doesn't uh, go through the DR because they're magic hand wraps? Like, uh, it, all, it, 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 do, so it doesn't go through the resistance 5, but it does go through the non-magical DR. It, got so it's it. still got DR 5 instead so it's of DR, DR it's DR 5 for everything, but it's double and if it's not magical. Got it, okay. So it is yeah. magical, so it's still DR 5, but the, the positive goes straight through. So, oh, that was a massive... Uh, physic. What do you uh, get? No, that was my oh, first no, action. That's it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, sorry. My bad. My bad. What do you get? <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, okay. Second action. I am going to use a feat and call upon the power of Rory to help bless me and use free action desperate prayer. When you begin your turn with no focus points in your pool, you call it a desperate pre and automatically recover one focus point. So all of a sudden, Ooh. I now have one focus point in my focus pool. I am going to use lay on hands against this shadow as my second action. Wow! Oh. Uh, that is a DC 17 fortitude save, please, Freeman. 23. Okay, so you succeed, but you are still going to take 1d6 positive energy. Uh, that's another six, so that's another six points of positive energy damage. And the shadow dissipates into nothing. Damn. And as you destroy Gilda it. throws up a lung. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was a hell of a turn, James. Oh. <laughs> Holy that fuck. That was <laughs> Oh, man. With her last action, she falls prone, just exhausted. <laughs> oh, that was incredible. Uh, this thing could have fucked you up. I kind of um, did. I'm enfeebled too. Oh man, it was it was getting close to a lot worse. <laughs> so. I, I believe you. That's why I went with the desperate prayer on the lay on hands to try and just end it. If that didn't work, my next action was to take cover, like a five foot step, take cover. Oh man. Uh, if if shit. nothing else in this entire podcast deserved a fucking hero point, that's definitely it. So you get one. I don't think we've ever seen anyone be uh, a hero like that before. That was it's absurd. That was wild. Yeah, that was amazing. Oh, <laughs> oh so stoked! That nat twenty, uh, yeah. baby. Absolute hero oh, point for that. Thank you. <laughs> so back to one hero point. So I may not just outright die again. <laughs> Oh my god! I I'm risk a reward. That was that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're at least taking ten minutes, so I can a get ten HP back and b get my focus point back. Oh, I thought you meant like in real life, so you could just kind of like savor the moment. 
but yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's all just sit here and think about how sweet James's move was for 10 minutes. Hey, remember that time he rolled a net 20? Imagine, imagine seeing that. She's just got the shield up that's glowing. She just jabs at the shadow, hits it, bounces off, and then just stops, looks to the sky, breathes in, and then just presses her hand on it, and it fucking dissipates. Dude, like, you were shadow boxing a shadow. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy because when the shadow was hitting you, its arms are going through your shield, and then you were just returning the favor in kind. Yeah, with you like <laughs> she is wiggling some fucking tentacles over her shoulders the entire time. Yeah, Gilda is my hero. <laughs> All right, we should figure out how to get rid of this enfeebled condition because it's not going to be great. Yeah, enfeebled, eh? Have you tried yeah. believing in yourself? <laughs> Maybe a feeble grind will get through it. I have not played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 in quite a while, so. Oh, that's funny. The re-release is real, real good. I got it for my Switch. Oh, I love that shit, man. Tony Hawk, like, 1 and 2 in the soundtracks. Oof. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Have you guys played the remake? No, I haven't. They're really good. You know what I saw on TikTok was a band who literally only plays the Tony Hawk soundtracks cover band, and they're just popping off in popularity. Nice. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Go to a concert, never heard the band, know every single song. That sounds like a party to me. All right, I don't, I don't know how to get rid of the enfeebled condition. We could, we could. I, I, Sorry, I was, uh, I was not, uh, I was not really paying attention. I was reading things and trying to ignore your your nonsense about skateboarding um, that I don't care about. Uh, <laughs> you are enfeebled, each one for each hour. Okay, so one per hour. Yeah, uh, I don't necessarily want to take an two hours in this creepy room, but uh, Guild is not opposed to going into the. Um, the spy master banquet room uh the secret room from last episode and uh and and spending a little time so she can heal back up like two hours even without a trait wound she'd be back to full health so yeah I but mean, that's up to you guys if physic can dangle his tiny little legs off the edge of that leather chair and pretend that he's a big fancy businessman it will be great he certainly can <laughs> i mean you guys can keep going exploring if you want to but you have the light uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think the smart move the is for Gilda to take a couple hours here. <laughs> well, can we just should we just investigate the room that she was in first, and then we'll go? Uh, yeah. Come on. Okay. <laughs> what could go wrong? All right. Uh, Gilda shakily starts stepping down the hallway. I Come, guess. Lady Gilda. We will rest after this. <laughs> uh, Tulak is your your bravery at this point. <laughs> Lady Gilda, you are so, you are so like shaken and like your your adrenaline must be pumping. I think you would be gone point. by now, and and like the the full force, of the enfeebled condition has like hit her. So like not only is walking hard for her regularly, but she's like using the walls to keep herself upright. Yeah, but but like you also like you 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 punch out, you did these things, and then you like called upon your god. And, like, even if your uh, natural adrenaline would have subsided, like, you are probably feeling, like, a, you're in a bit of a pumped-up state. Definitely. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. And um, and you know right away uh, as you as you explore, like, you, you see, you're hyper-aware of your surroundings, whether in a defensive or offensive or, or divine nature, that you are in the southern side of the room that you once saw uh, with the, the giant dead purple worm-like creature and that's where the center of the 
lighthouse. She's also very happy to know with that desperate prayer, it was the first time she's known for sure that Arori hasn't left her behind for what she happened to let Tulak do yeah. with Borbo. So this is this is a big, big moment for her. You're you're not wrong. Hundred percent. So that door ahead of you, you know where it leads to. Tulak is searching this room as they come through. That door leads to the room with the the purple worm in it, the the corpse. Uh, it's you know you know the one directly below the lighthouse, the 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 one we've been looking for. I do know the room that you speak of, and I'm glad that we found that this path leads there. It'll be good to know that from this angle we can't be flanked unless something else has come in there as well. I will do a quick search of this room and then we'll go rest. You can gain your strength back. Yes, that that sounds. I, I could use a ration or two. Anything in there, Barn? No. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of sarcophaguses, but uh, sorry, sorry, sarcophagi. Uh, but uh, they're all like decayed enough that you can peek inside. Sarcopha people. Sarcopha <laughs> persons. Um, yeah. There's uh, nothing. Um, nothing available uh, for you to loot. Uh, they're just. There are corpses inside. But uh, nothing of value. Copy that. All right, we head back to the shadow table. I'm still hung up on how bad those sarcophagus puns were. Fuck sakes. <laughs> <laughs> you can have those. You can take those well, home, present if them you're, as your If own. you're hung up, why, why don't you just sit in silence for a change? That'd be great. <laughs> uh, how long are you... Look, he's doing it. Are you guys Amazing. okay taking two hours here? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean... Yep. We seem to be in a safe okay. place. Tulak sits in one of those chairs in the other room and slowly just kind of puts his hand into the pocket of bones on his uh, belt and is just kind of running them through his fingers. The beauty part now is as long as we don't, as long as we rest, I don't need physic to try and heal me. I think you would be <laughs> more comforted if I didn't. Yeah, so just waiting there, I would regain 120 hit points. I'm just here for moral support. It's fine. Oh, true. <laughs> Did you get the what, what was it you were saying oh, about the I compass? I want the compass, but Gilda doesn't know about it. That's the thing. Oh, it's not like, in okay. my inventory. Where is that? It's in the party inventory, but you identified it. Okay. So that made me assume you had it on you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what they say when you assume. Uh-oh. You look like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Episode title? <laughs> Uh, Question mark? Yeah, I mean, actually, that is a really good little compass there, so... I mean, if you want it, you can keep it, but if I put the Aeon Stone in it, not only do I get the benefit of the uh, one uh, HP back every ten minutes, uh, every minute, Every minute. um, I get negative one resistance to uh, negative energy damage, so each one of those attacks would have hit me for one less, and I get the ability to just cast light on my own damn self. Oh, okay. So I understand all those words, and you don't have to tell me twice, so the compass is yours. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm gonna take the compass, then. He's taking the compass. So you're saying there's a chance. Samsonite. (laughs) What's that from? Dumb and Dumber. Cut. Mm. Nice hooters. So she will spend uh, whatever, however long it takes to invest in the compass, which I think is ten minutes. I'm refocusing while I'm in the other room as well, by the way. And then put the um, the pearly or the pearly white spindle aeon stone inside of it. So now you can you can have your own light spell, Tulak, and light your tentacles while you slap shadows around. Yeah, yeah. That John Denver's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you leave John Denver out of this. He's an international treasure. All right. So we take two hours. Um, are, do we do we randomly encounter anything in those two hours? You do not. You do not. You are in the safest space you can imagine other than in town. Even in town feels a bit dangerous at this point compared to how concealed these, these doors are. And I would like to say that I closed the door behind us yeah. as we entered, so... Uh, what are you guys doing for those two hours? Like, like, like the, I guess, theoretically, this would be a good time to do, a rec- like, one of those PC recall knowledges on the research if you wanted to. Oh, intriguing thought, Mr. James. So we have two hours, so you could easily, like, recall knowledge society on Belcora. Oh yeah, I'm here for it. Sure. I imagine Gilda is just like taking a nap on the table. That's why I'm not suggesting that I do it myself because enfeebled. This is like, this is one of those moments where uh, I'm like, I'm just so, I knew that, but in no way was I going to give it to you. And I'm so happy that someone picked up on it. Like, obviously that's part of how the mechanics work. So hero point to James. Oh, sweet. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It's just like a tiny, tiny itty bitty thing, but it's so easy to not notice and pass over. So fuck yeah. Uh, I don't even care what the what the check ends up being. Like, I mean, that is so apt because I was totally happy to let Physic just dangle his stupid little legs on the end of his chair. <laughs> yeah, and right. Feel like king shit. Physic of in his spare time is working working towards uh, lower business. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> lower CEO. <laughs> All right, who, who wants to roll a check on that? Uh, or, or, or whatever research you want to do. You still have Will-O-Wisps and Belcora, and no one's... True. And no no one's achieved any progress with Nimbaloth yet. Tulak is sitting in the other room, and the other two are in the room adjacent to him, and he just has the Onyx gemstone in his hand, and he's just kind of rolling it through his palm and his fingers, deep in thought and thinking about where they are and what could have happened here. And we'll roll uh, knowledge on Belcora. Okay. 22. That'll do it. Nice. That's a, that's a new milestone, I think. It sure is. Sure is. New threshold for Belcora Haruvex. And I would like to say that's only one hour as that's the... Yep. And you were, you were coming up on, you know, your, your cap of current venues of information. But given the situation you're in and where you're at, you're in. <laughs> you're in trouble. I do do that. Fuck you, Barry. No? You yeah, you said do do. Okay, thank you. No, no, we got it. Give we just chose to ignore it. Your fucking just, hand out. No, we just, we just passed that one away. God damn it. <laughs> we try to only acknowledge good or bad jokes, and that fell somewhere between the two. <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, yeah, you, 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 uh, you managed to like, you know, you're sort of piecing bits and pieces of your memory together in your, your own uh, research. And, and, uh, you, uh, you realize that, um, Belcora was, and it's quite obvious now, was born wealthy. Like, look at your surroundings. Look at what once was, you know, born to a wealthy Harovex family in Absalom. And uh, it rings, it's starting to ring a bell to you. And in the year of 4219 AR is when she was born. The Haravex family tree was brimming 
and sprawling with swells of sorcery, the strongest bloodlines having an aberrant strain. This provided the family with prestige as well as sorceress power, causing the Haravexes to marry within the family in order to achieve even more power throughout their lineage. They were successful with the most powerful of their lineage living in Absalom approximately 500 years ago. Are you suggesting that Tulak comes from a Chinatown kind of situation? I'm not suggesting anything. An escape from New York situation, maybe? Big trouble. <laughs> Those are very different movies. So, yeah, they are. I, I just say <laughs> So looking at this here, she was born in 4219 AR. The lighthouse construction mm-hmm. would was finished in 4234. So with my shitty math skills, I think she's 15 when it was constructed or finished construction. And then it said that the most successful lived in Absalom about 500 years ago. And so it was finished construction 487 years ago. So basically they were the most powerful in Absalom right before they got here. Does that make sense to you guys? What I just tried to say? Nope. Mm. Well, obviously what I'm trying to say is they were in Absalom. They were powerful. Then they had to leave for some reason. And then they came here and built this shit 500 years ago. Uh, or they chose. To I'm going leave. with the intro that we heard. This is me that knows this, not Tulak that knows this. Like, oh, okay. Belcora gotcha. was still a child, according to the lilting tones of Freeman's voice in the intro. I don't know if it's easy to gauge Belcora's age or longevity by her physical appearance or, you know. Well, we know for a fact she was 15 when the lighthouse was finished and 25 when the yep. Rose Guard came at her. Interesting. All right, well, well... I'm going to go ahead and just throw emphasis on the last line I said. The most powerful of their lineage living in Absalom was approximately 500 years ago. Yeah. So they, as a powerful family, were on their way out. You are on the right track. Okay, so I have another hour. I'm just going to try to throw one more uh, recollection at this just to see if I can finish off our uh, current venues. 26. At uh, Belcora again? I shouldn't have because I just critted it, but there yep. was only one yep. point left. Yep. So, But I just wanted to cap it off. But Fucking dropping rocks out here. Yeah, no shit, eh? I don't think you critted it. Do you have Absalom, Lord? Oh, sorry. My bad. It's not 15. Uh, no, I do not. So it's just regular. Okay, perfect. It is just a static, yeah. Um, but still, you have reached, uh, with, with contemplation, uh, you have reached the... The, the peak of which you can discern about Belcora Haravex for now. I gotta ask, how do you guys now, at this point, feel about the research? This I time? really love it. I like it. Especially since you updated Foundry with having like the the real-time tracker of being able to see where we are progression-wise. Yeah. Yeah. To be to be a little more informative, yeah. Yeah. My original worry was 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 that it would be a little bit too metagaming, but I, I I feel like it's it's been more engaging that you guys know where your 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 current status is at. Yeah, it would be way too nebulous if you didn't put it in Foundry. Like yeah. I had my I I've always been enamored with the system, but I was I was worried about mm. the execution of it. But the way you've decided to execute it uh, with the use of Foundry, 
it's it's prevented it from being nebulous and it's it's been fantastic yeah awesome yeah v- very early on i realized like in our recordings that i was like it's not quite working i need to do something and i was like oh, i just need to give more away to the players and trust that they'll they'll keep that separation of player and character and you guys have done a great job of that and i, I think it's really cool because like you now know you have nine out of 24 for belcora but you also know that you have no more room to explore and research you have to find something else to to expand on that and i think that's a really cool part of that system that should be just on the table you know that that's this is where metagaming matters is where it, where it makes the most sense uh in in the actual play it would also be very difficult to keep track of in person oh like so hard yeah, yeah. Like you'd need a spreadsheet just for the research system. So this is the, the, the execution has a lot more to do with the effectiveness yeah. than the actual system itself. Mm. So kudos to you for the execution. Thank man. you. It, yeah. it really makes a hundred percent difference. Anybody who's doing the research system should reach out to Freeman and and ask him about how he's done it because there's no I, I cannot envision an, mm. another way to do it much right. less. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we had one or two sessions where you had first introduced the research system where we were and there was mass yeah we, we, we were kind of lost <laughs> yeah. but then when you kind of see it like yeah. laid out like you have where we have such mm-hmm. easy ways to keep track of it now it makes it yep. that much more rewarding where you feel like you're earning all the bits of story pieces that you come into from awesome it. i mean i'm so so glad to hear that um the uh what i will say to anyone listening is that uh these are not included in the adventure uh, I, I built them myself, but I used uh, the Malevolence shorter adventure from Paizo uh, as a basis to understand how it works. And uh, and then I, I chose what I should and should not be available based on this adventure using that as a foundation. And uh, so I would happily converse with anybody about how how it, uh, it could and can work and, and exchange ideas. Um, but yeah, I, I, I immediately saw the value in it when I started reading Malevolence and it was just before we started recording this and I, I, I was so eager to put it in. I saw the value in a long term and the execution wasn't perfect to start. Um, but once I once I realized what was happening, I, I, I realized I had to put a little more uh, transparency into it and, and it, it's been working really well. So I'm, I'm, I, I feel like it, I felt like it was and you've now all just told me it's working really well. And I'm I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked that it's working well. And listeners, if you do reach out to Freeman, you know, ask how he is. I was struggling alcohol addictions going. <laughs> Just Yeah. Yeah, before you get too big for your bridges, I do have to say, fuck you, Brian. <laughs> okay, well, you've rested two hours. Got got some progress there. That was uh, great. Um Well, Physic didn't get to do any uh any research, did he? I mean he was quite happy uh just like dangling is uh dangling sure all right there. yeah cool, cool, <laughs> but you, you know what you know what no, it's up to you twist, guys twist my little goblin arm why don't you <laughs> <laughs> is that a guinea pig noise that was me like twisting something that was like rubbery uh okay you know like a guinea pig yeah i guess you just said we're out of research areas for belcora huh yeah but there's still nimbleoth you have you have reached your capacity nimbleoth would be good nimbleoth or, or that, uh, occultism for nimbleoth it's actually gonna be a religion for basic stuff. Uh, otherwise, you could do academia or library lore or outer god lore. None of those sound good. So religione it is. Or you could gather information. Okay. Uh, diplomacy. But you can't. You can't where you right. are. No, he's he's not gonna stop dangling those legs off that big leather green chair. 
He's just going to sit there and contemplatively think about Nimbaloth while rolling Religione. Contemplatively? Don't correct me, Baron. <laughs> that's a 24 on religion. Hey. Oh. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna give you a point for sure. Well, that's a feather in my cap. And ain't that ain't that lovely? Ain't that lovely? No, no threshold. We're on the board. Uh, in case you were wondering, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's progress. Yeah, I mean, all right, cool. baby steps. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're no longer nimble lost. Ooh. Oh, oh my god! What oh is boy! Wrong with all oh of my god! <laughs> <laughs> so much. Jeez. So many things are wrong. Sweet, sweet nimble lost. I can't handle this. All right. Sweet Nimbaloth. Fuck you, I, you, have, you have physic. Go for a second one. Go for a second one because we're here for two hours. Uh, another Nimbaloth, eh? I guess that's... It's like, it's in line with what James's confusion with how I laid it out with like the one action or one hour. Like, if you're just sitting there in contemplation, we can assume it's one hour instead of a, a single mm. action. But, um, yeah. How's a 2-1 to die for an 8? Uh, that's uh, no good to me at all. You're complete failure at most things in your life the only thing you find out is that he is or she is a gymnast who likes heavy metal aka a nimble goth (laughs) (laughs) i love you buddy but how long have you been sitting on about 48 seconds (laughs) and my delivery stunk too just what the fuck is wrong with you no loved it it was so perfect like as as the uh, the uh, proverbial god for all intents and purposes, we are moving on. <laughs> this is not okay. Okay, you are you're done resting. You've done your <laughs> contemplation. You've you've quote unquote researched. I'm over it. We're move, moving you sound on. You kind of nimble cross right now. Moving on. Shut up. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> it's not a thing. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. That was, that was the best one so far. I didn't far. even hear it. I don't uh, care. I'll, I'll laugh at it in the review. You'll hear it in the review. <laughs> you hear the playback. Okay. Not it's interested. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Two lock comes into the room and turns to Lady Gilda and says, "How are you feeling? Do you feel like you can go on?" You know, my strengths returned pretty aggressively. Uh, you know, it turns out there might be some merit to the afternoon siesta after all. You know. <laughs> I've never had a problem with it before," said Scott. "Not Tulak. <laughs> Tulak never sleeps. Shall we carry on to the to the door to the north of the uh, the makeshift shrine there? Or? I believe that is a good choice. Okay. I mean, there's there's plenty of other doors for us to go down, but seems like the appropriate one. Physic, let's go. Uh, Physic will very begrudgingly lift himself off of this chair that he's so enamored with. He just slides off of it. So we uh, we head to the door to the north above the shrine and uh, Gilda listens at the door. Not a sound. And Tulak detects magic. Not an inkling. Let's move forward. She opens the door. You open the door to a uh, 20 by 10 foot room. Only a few fragments of shelving uh, appear on one side of what was obviously a pantry comparing to the previous room, which was once, you know, obviously a kitchen of some sort. To the okay. northeast is a door, and to the northwest is a door. Could I search the shelves, uh, given secret doorways opening previously? Yeah. Um, you do not see anything out of the ordinary. Uh, Gilda opens the door to the northeast. And you discover another, yet another stairway leading downward. And Tulak pops the door to the northwest. Another narrow hallway 
that leads to and gives you the the smell of of water and must and moss and flora. Um, you can see quickly that there are some decayed and abandoned boats ahead of you, as if uh, it might might be part of that passage south of uh, where you came in via the boat originally. There's also a door midway through this hallway that uh, is to the south. Tulak walks down the passageway and detects magic at the door. Loads of magic. He pulls out the wand of magic missile and drops his position down an attempt to avoid notice. Okay. Gilda, a little dejected at seeing yet another staircase down, closes the door and looks toward Tulak and his um, tactical stance, mm-hmm. I guess is probably the best way to put that. And then he points towards the door, and as she approaches, he says, there is much magic behind this door. She will take the defend action as she's coming down that hallway towards him. And Physic is going to load his crossbow with another alchemical fire. Nice. Okay. Is that your third bomb in the crossbow at this point? Uh, yeah, third bomb. Okay. And she opens the door. Cannot. Oh. Appears to be locked. What's it made out of? Uh, it's a it's a properly solid wooden door, um, but it is uh, well preserved compared to the others. And um, you could force it open with an ath- athletics check, but it is specifically locked. So a thievery check to pick a lock would also possibly well i don't want to tell any tales at a school here but uh got some of these thieving tools a little bit trained in thievery sure is, all is yours that, is that physics new voice <laughs> no this is my uh surly narrator voice who is in the back of okay. physics head all the time <laughs> he's unsure of the accent physic in his own theater of mind is played by the duke <laughs> mm. He's basically got <laughs> Sam Elliott in the back of his head. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm firmly convinced that a, a younger Sam Elliott should be playing Tom Marilyn in the Wheel of Time series. Spoiler alert. Why a younger Sam Elliott? Tom Marilyn is old as fuck. Right, but like, but but also Sam Elliott is like pretty old at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, like Sam Elliott's been old since Tombstone. slightly younger <laughs> Sam Elliott would have been perfect for the description like literally spot on and i'm really i'm a bit chuffed about uh, the guy who's playing him is great he's actually done a really really great job but it's not the image i have in my head at all and sam elliott would have done it the most perfect justice i think i don't think i've ever seen anybody in my head other than sam elliott play that role because of that fucking that oh, it's, it's all about the stash. There's no stash in the series. Sorry, like, guys. There's yeah. no stash in the series, and it's the dumbest oh, thing in the world. Really? There's no stash off. in the series. There's no stash. There's How does he blow his mustaches? He's got a beard. Like, uh, he's got. He's got a fucking. No, nah, no. Uh, we're not going into it. I'm. I'm, right. I'm annoyed by it. Uh, <laughs> he's just. He's a still dope. really good. Pick that luck. Uh, right. Pick that luck. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't take knock. Does so. he still have his sweet patchwork cloak? Who? Uh, not a, not as good. You not as good as you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still there. All right, Physic, you're picking the lock. Buddy, am I with a 26? Ooh. That'll do it. Wow. That'll do it. I'm just a sneaky That'll little gab. That'll buy. We finally found what Physic's little hands are good for. Well, <laughs> no, I'm not even going to go there. You'd want me to cut it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. You crack the door to an octagonal chamber that is adorned 
with swirling runes carved into the stone. Ooh. And then filled with dull, silvery metal. The floor is polished smooth, as is the ceiling ten feet above. This is our safe space. Yeah. Checkpoint. (laughs) And it is exceptionally reminiscent of the very tiny portal chamber that you found on the first level, except this is 15 by 15, essentially, in the octagonal portions. The teleportation closet versus teleportation room. Right. I wonder if these act as elevators. Like, if that's the point, like, maybe they just act as elevators between levels. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, so you step in the middle of it? That's why... What? Nope. I was not paying attention. That's exactly what I was thinking. Right into the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Julok just ventures in, calls it a day, has a dump in the corner. There we go. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> I stopped paying attention. I was trying to figure out how to put the light spell on myself. Uh, I, light goes off of you and onto me, and you can use the compass. Yeah, she will spend an action to activate the compass, the command word. Okay, uh, can I do, like, a knowledge check on this? Is there, like, what's the word? Arcana. Okay, I got plus six. Yeah, okay, I will attempt to aid with my cooperative nature. I do aid with a 21. Yeah, I mean, too luck, you, you, you know for a fact, like, this is, this is exactly what that, tinier room was. You could tell by the grooves in the walls and the stone. The fact that they are currently still filled with silvery metal. Um, the, the one above was, you could tell there was, there was scrapings and bits pieces bits and pieces left behind, but uh, it was scraped away to the degree that you could, it was irrecoverable, right? This is fully intact. This is usable if you know how to use it. And as a spellcaster, you know that it requires the knowledge of a particular ritual. And you don't have that knowledge. Do I know what it's called? Interpretive dance. (laughs) (laughs) It is called teleportation circle. Got it. Do I know if they can go anywhere or do they have direct links to other ones? Absolute direct links to other ones. Okay. It's not it's an a elevator. elevator. If I put this here, I can go wherever I want. It is they are linked together. And can you make your own new one that could come? You in? certainly can, but it's an extraordinary cost and effort and time. Okay, I'm just wondering, like, if we could stick one somewhere in Otari. Griffin McElroy, if you're listening, this is the solution to your fantasy elevator problem. <laughs> Welcome to Pathfinder. <laughs> And there's nothing else in the room other than that, eh? That's it. It is clean and bare and beautiful. Honestly, honestly, tremendously beautiful. Does he know how to activate it? There's no idea. Nope. Okay. No, because I need that spell. He knows there's a ritual towards it. Yeah, but... but. Oh, it's a ritual to use, not to create. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, got it. And what I will say, too, I'll put this here now in advance... A ritual in Pathfinder 2nd Edition is something that is not required. You do not require a spellcaster to do it, even though it's a magical thing. So that's the kind of uh, in the circumstance in which like the whole party's none of them are proper magic users and don't have spellcasting, you know, appropriate properties or abilities. Um, you can still do rituals, and there's tons of them, and they have lots of lots of things attached to them. Uh, but uh, yeah, the 
in this case, it, it is a ritual-based thing, and you need to know the details of said ritual in order to utilize what is here. Um, all right, so Tulak heads out of there, realizes that to the west of them is a room full of boats that has a path that leads down, which they never went to, and he mm-hmm. is just insinuating, or sorry, he is just figuring out that it potentially leads down towards that room that they heard the scratching. Just one big circle. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly in that direction. You're not wrong. He motions to Gilda and Physic to follow. And they we do. agree, so we do it. And she starts heading down that narrow pathway, all the while taking the defend action. And I am still avoiding notice. As you travel down this extremely narrow, damp hallway heading south, Gilda finds what appears to be the outside of a crumbling wall uh, and with a broad, a relatively broad opening into a room similar to the rest of the dungeon. Uh, this, this little hallway is like, you know, mud and stone and roots coming through. It, is, it appears to be dug out of the, of the ground and earth and not finished. When she steps through the threshold... A sofa-like throne made out of an old mattress can be seen in the center north section of this room. Several pieces of reconstructed furniture and dozens of bones sprawl across the northern side of the room. A narrow rivulet of muddy water trickles from a narrow tunnel to the south and forms a puddle in the center of the room. You also see... A robe-adorned Morlock sitting on the throne, whose eyes turn straight towards you. And there's another Morlock who seems to be just sort of picking away at the rubble and the bones next to the throne. And as this robe-adorned Morlock looks at you, it speaks. It doesn't seem to be perturbed by your presence at all. Does anyone understand the language? Nope. Oh, it's under common. We established that in the last episode. Oh, right. Okay, well, Tulok will cast Comprehend Language. Nice. Holy shit. Uh, okay. Casque uh, 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 details. That's French. Sort of. Listeners. <laughs> um, nope, it's yeah. not. <laughs> it, it is it an attempt sort of <laughs> so the target can understand the meaning of a single language it is hearing or reading when you cast a spell this doesn't let it understand codes language couched in metaphor and the like if the target can hear multiple languages and knows that it can choose which language to understand otherwise choose one of the languages randomly so basically I can understand for one hour. Amazing. Karnak, when the walls fell. <laughs> TNG reference there. So, yeah, Tulak will step around the corner and say, Could you repeat yourself, sir? What do you mean? And you hear the words, Have you come to become sacrifices to the Ghost Queen? Or prove yourselves worthy of her? In front of Grawl Gusta. And we'll see you next time. 
Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at unchartednorth.ca, patreon.com slash unchartednorth, and on all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.